Welcome back for another episode of the Happy at Work podcast with Laura, Tessa, and Michael. Each week, we have thoughtful conversations with leaders, founders, and authors about happiness at work. Tune in each Thursday for a new conversation. Enjoy the show. Welcome. We're so glad to have you. Welcome, Adenola Adeshola. Yes. So glad for you to be with us, to join us today. So thanks for coming. Of course. I'm excited for the conversation. Good. So good. Well, let's start first. I think um, I was looking at your LinkedIn. You've got quite a really interesting career. So why don't you start by sharing with us your career journey and what you do, the work you do as a career strategist. I can't wait to hear. Yes. So I am a career strategist and I work with corporate high achievers who are wanting to take their career to the next level and who want to land new jobs they love and move on in their careers. And it started, funny enough, because I was in their shoes. Um, I have a background in PR. I was able to get one of my first jobs at a global PR firm. And it was the dream job. You know, my company at the time had offices all over the world, Paris, China, New York, like all of the like glamorous places that you would love to visit. And so um, it was what I thought was the dream job. And I was there for a while. And after some time, I just got to a place where I just realized, you know, I could do more than this. And I, it's funny because, and I find this happens a lot with my clients, like you get to this place where like, I can do more than this, but then you're like, okay, then what does that look like? (laughs) You know, like, or like, can I, you know, for me, I had knew for a long time that I wanted to go into PR. And so to get to this junction in my career, I think realizing that this is not where I want to be anymore, or that I have to figure this out again, was really what sparked this journey that. I've been able to go on with helping other people not only to realize that they can make this transition, but giving them the tools and the steps and the confidence to be able to say, no, I have what it takes and here's how I'm going to package my skill set so that we can make this happen. And so I find that in coaching so many different people, and I mean, directors, VPs, mid, mid to senior level corporate professionals the same things come up as far as like, okay, I've done it before, but can I really do it again? And what does this look like? And am I good enough? Um, And so it's been a really fun experience to be able to watch so many different um, corporate professionals in so many different industries be able to say yes to themselves and then be able to surprise themselves of what they accomplish next in their careers. That's amazing. Just one little follow-up on that, because it almost sounds like you're a bit of a coach and a therapist in some ways, right? Like building up the self-esteem of the people who are going through this transition and saying, you can do this and you've got this, right? Like it's- Honestly, I don't take it for granted. It was not part of the job description, right? But, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I'll have um, calls with people and they're like, I haven't shared any of this with anyone for the last two years because everyone thinks I have it all together and I don't. And here I am working on you. And I'm like, I, I, I treasure that because I know what it's like to feel like everyone else around you thinks you have everything together and 
real like being feeling alone in that like man I don't have it together I'm actually miserable um but on the outside it looks like I have all the accolades all the um the title the money the things but really I am a mess so so I don't I don't take it for granted that people feel comfortable um in my coaching program being able to share and I think it's just a beautiful thing for them to be able to do that and see other people who are just right along with them going through the motions as well to get to that next level. Excellent. Well, I I have to say your passion for what you do um, must be infectious with your clients and and because I can just see the joy and when you talk about your work. And as you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about positive psychology tools. So um, what kind of positive psychology tools or methods do you actually incorporate or integrate in the work that you do? Yes. So I actually believe that your job search is always, and I tell my clients this all the time, your job search is 80% mindset, 20% tactics when you have the right tactics. And, you know, once you learn the strategies, what you really have to overcome is your limiting beliefs about, are you qualified enough? Can you do this? Um, Do you deserve the opportunities that you want? Is your experience really valuable? You know, it's funny because the clients that I work with are talented and smart and experienced. And they'll wonder like, well, I don't have perfect experience. And it's like, nobody does. Right. And so a lot of the work that I do and that we do is really helping them to exchange doubt with confidence so that they can really not just use the tactics, but believe in themselves so that they show up from that level of certainty about what what they can do and really showing up as the assets that they already are. And a lot of times, we work with clients who sometimes have been at their companies for sometimes 10 plus years, or they've had these different stinks at different companies that haven't been the best to them. And, or the ones that have been in the company for such a long time, they spent so much time being able to grow internally and they don't have the tools to be able to talk about themselves outside of work because they need to. Like, they're just like, everyone at work knows who they are. They know that they're great at what they do. But when it comes to being able to communicate this message to basically strangers, it's, it's a challenge. And so really being able to work with those different types of people who are coming from different backgrounds and experiences and helping them be able to uncover their confidence and really take that into how they show up in their job search is really essential um, because it's funny. People think like, oh, I can just kind of coast along or I could just get the best resume or I could just um, have the best LinkedIn profile. And then they come up short in their interviews or they keep hitting this roadblock and they're like, what is the problem? And when we really get into the nitty gritty, it's that they aren't confident enough. I have an example of one of the clients, she was working with us and she got, she, before she started working with us, she wasn't getting an interview. She was like, what's the problem? Am I just, you know, not qualified enough? Am I overqualified? I'm hearing both. I don't know. And when we started working together, she started getting interviews at amazing companies, CBS, A&E networks, like all of these big places where she wanted to work. And she wasn't getting past the interview process. And she was like, why? Like I have these strategies. They're clearly getting me somewhere. Why am I not getting hired? And when we really were able to uncover her blind spots, there was a part of her that didn't believe that she deserved to work at such, you know, competitive companies. And she had, she was coming from marketing and higher education. And so this was a big kind of a switch for her. And so she was like, I don't think I deserve it. And so we had to kind of go back and say, okay, how about we get clear on why you do? 
you know, let's get to the practical of like, what, what do you believe about yourself and how can we change that so that you really believe that you are actually the problem solver and the asset that they need. And so I gave her some practical steps to really like write it all down, like give yourself, you know, your own track record. Um, and she ended up being able to land an opportunity at CBS maybe about a few weeks later. So that is kind of how we really like weave in that positive psychology. And they don't even know it. Like they don't know that they're coming in for they're not, let me come in and get this positive psychology. Like, I just want a new job. I want to move on. I want to, you know, elevate. <laughs> and then, and then they laugh because they're like, yeah, I was not expecting this kind of transformation, but that's really what we're able to do um, because that's really what it takes to be able to not just move on, but to move forward in your career. That is so cool. I love it. I want to, I want to do that. <laughs> Who doesn't want to have that kind of experience? That's so cool. So given that you're talking to so many people who are in the process of changing jobs, so they're leaving somewhere and they're going somewhere else, I bet you have a lot of insights around what people are looking for and what the kind of the future of work might really look like. So I'm curious, given kind of all the people you've worked with, what are your thoughts on the future of work? I think that people are realizing that they have more or that they should have more control over their careers. I think that for a long time, it's kind of been that you just kind of throw yourself into it, hope for the best, and you kind of just go with emotions. And I think that, especially in the pandemic, so many people were coming to us and saying like, I thought, I didn't realize how unhappy I was in my career until this pandemic. And I was living for the weekends. I was kind of, you know, ignoring my feelings, but with working at home and not having any distractions, I am miserable. And here's what I want to do now. And so I think that a lot of people have come to realize that they have a choice. And it's funny. I remember when the pandemic happened and people were like, oh, employers or employees are at the mercy of employers. And like, they just kind of have to take whatever they can get, all the layoffs, all of these things. And I remember thinking about that. Like, I don't know if that's actually going to be the case. And now, two years later, we see like the great resignation and people actually being able to say I've used all of this time to realize that I can get more, I can do more, and I can be in control of where I go. And so I think that looks like going after opportunities. And, and honestly, this has been things that from doing this for over six years, these conversations have been the same, surprisingly, um, of people wanting more challenging work and wanting more autonomy to have freedom to do things that they love. Um, and so I think it's funny when people say like people move on just for money or just for this. And it's like, well, what I find, especially with high achievers who love their work, who find meaning in what they do, they want that challenge. They want that career growth. And often they don't find that in the places and environments that they're in, or they don't feel like the growth that's possible there is where it aligns with where, where they want to go. And so they move on and they decide that they want something new and they want that supportive environment where they can have that freedom to say, okay, this is what this looks like, but also the flexibility to not allow their work to revolve around their entire life or their life to revolve around their entire work. And so it's, I think that it's actually quite simple, <laughs> but it's, it, I think that it's important for employers and even employees to 
first for employees to understand that they do have a choice. And sometimes that could look like leaving. And I'm all for that. Obviously, that's what I help my clients do. But it also means advocating for yourself, even in the environments that you're in and having those conversations and not putting your goals or your career in the control of your manager's hands and expecting them to figure it out for you. But being able to say, hey, here's where I think I want to go. Here's how I think that's possible. What is the what 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 the what does it look like in this environment? And what is the strategy for us being able to make this happen in the next X amount of time? And really being able to be in the driver's seat of your career so that you can get the things that you want. Because I think the things that people have wanted have always been there. I mean, I work with uh, baby boomers who are like, I'm the typical younger, you know, employee, but I want the same things. And it's like, yes, like, why not? And so I think that those things have always been there, but people haven't had the mechanisms to even communicate that. And obviously there's the things with employers not being sometimes, you know, compromising in giving those things. But I think it does start with even having those conversations so that you can find out if you're in a place where you can have those things. And if not, making the room and the opportunity for you to find that next option next move that you want in your career. That's amazing. And when, um, when you talk about working with those clients who are really seeking, you know, a job that they will love, what are some of the key lessons that you've learned over the past five or six years, um, that have really taught you how to help steer people towards that job that they love? Any tips that you can share to, to those of our audience members who might be looking for that job? Yes. So I recommend starting with you because oftentimes, again, I work with high achievers who are smart, talented, experienced. The skill set is not the problem. Like you've already worked hard to get there. You're good, right? Like we know that you're everyone around you knows that. But really, what do you want is the first question that you should ask yourself, because I find that often, especially with high achievers, they're they're willing to do what they're good at, but rarely ask themselves, what are they good at that they actually want to do? And so that is really important because one, it, it allows you to align yourself with a more fulfilling career off the bat because you decided that's what you wanted. And then it allows you to be a more compelling candidate because you know we we can then pick what skill set, what stories, what examples, what accomplishments you need to align yourself with for those opportunities. And so often when people go into their job search, the typical way is like, I'm just going to update my resume. Like I'm just going to open my resume, tell my contacts that I'm looking for a new job and hope for the best. Like it hasn't failed me yet. Let's just see what happens. And that is not the best approach because when you do start reaching out to your contacts, like, Hey guys, I'm looking for a new job. They're often going to recommend you what they think of you. So if you are in HR already and you are maybe you haven't really thought about what you want, where you want to go, but because they know you to be HR, they're like, Oh, great. There's some HR roles that you may love. And and before you know it, you're in, in like having these conversations in these interviews for roles you don't even know if you want, right? And so having that clarity of like, where do you want to go will help you be able to think about how do you now craft a narrative about your skill set and your experience so that you then become the compelling candidate that these companies are looking for. And then being able to understand that the interview process is a two-way street. And so sometimes people are just like, well, I know I'm great. I can't, I hear people say, like, I'm really great at interviews. And it's like, okay, but do you know how to make sure that you're going to the right environment, right? Like, do you know how to make sure that you're going to a job where you're not 
going to have the same problems. I call it like new jobs, same problems. Like you don't want that, right? So do you know how to make sure that you don't have that? And then do you know how to make sure that you really are bringing it home so that you don't just get hired and they're like, well, let's just see what you do. But they're really like, wow, you are the best. We're so excited to have you. And that all takes a certain kind of skill set that I think sometimes people just think that because they're good at what they do, they don't need to know how to show people that. And this kind of, these tips are really about helping you show up as that person that you know deep down that you are, but you just don't always have the ways to communicate that. So cool. Um, You know, a lot of times we, in these conversations, talk about our own lives and how that intersects with work, right? Because we really, we believe that that's kind of the best situation is when you're authentic at work with who you are. When you think about this idea of positive psychology and you personally, Mm -hmm. curious about how you, your own personal philosophy around like the things you talk about with other people and how you practice them, them, them yourself. So curious if you would share with us your own kind of philosophy and how positive psychology intersects with that. That's such a great question because I'm, I'm I, I firmly believe in walking the walk and talking the talk, right? And so you really, it, it's for me, I would say even being a career strategist and I remember when I started this work, there wasn't a lot of people who looked like me. There wasn't a lot of people who were even in my age bracket. And so that was quite intimidating because it's like, I have something to share. I have a process, but do I decide to be like how everyone else is in their approach or do I be courageous enough to be myself? And so um, authenticity is at the root of everything that I do and everything that we teach our clients to do and even our team and all of that. And so it was, It I think that sometimes we talk about being authentic, but it really is hard, right? Because you're like, are, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be are people going to want to work with me? Are people going to want this or X, Y, Z? And I remember those feelings in the very beginning. And I would say that being authentic was one of the most courageous decisions that I could have made for myself because I see even now the people that I work with or the the community that we've been able to build. I laugh sometimes because when I hear them talk, I'm like, oh, you're my people. Like this is... (laughs) this is great. Like, how did, how did we find each other? You know? And I think that positive psychology are on the flip side of that. We have the negative psychology and you can sit and think like, well, I'm not good enough as I am, or I'm not capable of really bringing this home the way that I, in my fullness, like, or I'm not worthy of these things. But when you really switch into that positive psychology and be like, well, everything that I have is already inside of me. Um, and I am all I I am what makes me great when I am myself, right? Like when I am fully myself, then I'm able to be all that I need to be for everyone else around me. And that has played a part in who I am all the time. Like (laughs) um, I'm currently a Forbes contributor. And I remember even starting to write for Forbes and I I had written for some other publications in the past. And I remember when I started writing for Forbes, I was like, okay, this is Forbes do I, (laughs) do I change how I talk? Do I, what, 
how do I go about this? And I remember thinking like, no, like I'm going to be myself. I'm going to talk the way that I talk. Um, I'm going to just be me. And, and it hasn't failed me yet. And so it's been really great because when people I have, like, I mean, we, like my column has been read by over 2 million people over the last few years. And people will like message me like, oh my gosh, she spoke, you're reading my mind or, oh my gosh, like that's exactly how I feel. And so I think it just pays to be authentic. And I'll say that that's something that has really helped me with overcoming like people pleasing and need of, need of approval and all of these things. Because when you know that, um, I think it's um, one of my favorite authors, I can't think of her name right now, but she says like, be willing to disappoint others before you disappoint yourself. And so when you're willing, when I am willing to do that, I think it really helps me step into who I am so that I can really serve the people who are around me and the people who need what I have to share. So I would say that that really, I mean, so many things play a part into that positive psychology, but that would be really one, one strong one that has really helped me and served me. So if I can ask a quick follow-up to that, um, because you said a few things that I love, which I'm, in my research, I look at kind of the intersection between organizational behavior and organizational culture and marketing and branding. And you've mentioned personal brand, you've mentioned authenticity. I think those are the two most important things. Can you talk a little bit, because you have the best Instagram, um, you talked about writing for Forbes. Can you talk a little bit about, or maybe give some tips about how you let your authentic self come through in your personal brand, whether it's through your social media or even in your professional writing? Um, I hope it's okay. I asked this follow-up, but I, I oh, am so inspired so by, by your vibrance and uh, enthusiasm. And I, I can see how that probably comes through in all of your social media. No, this is a great question. Funny enough, um, I had someone reach out to me. I'm, we're hiring for a new uh, spot on our team. And, you know, the, you always ask, like, why do you want to work here? And one of the people were like, well, I watched a lot of your YouTube videos and you're like smart and funny. And like, I really resonate with that. I'm like, funny? Thank you. Like, I would, you know, <laughs> you don't really think that those things translate. So what it does, you're like, great. So this question is so fun to answer because I don't get asked this question often. It's always about like the career strategist side. Um, but when it comes to like my brand, I would say that I'm a private person. I'm very, I'm, I'm an introvert. People don't believe that. <laughs> people don't believe that because of my energy. Um, I love people, but I am an introvert. And so when it came time to present or create this brand and all these different facets, I had to think about what does it mean to do it? <laughs> I was like, it can, it can have a whole world of its own. It becomes this whole new person, right? And so I was like, but I know I need to do this. I know that I, it will impact so many different people. So how do I do this in a way that, again, is authentic to me while still being honoring the privacy that I love? And so for me, it was, okay, really jotting down, what do I want to share? Like, what are those things that are going to really align with the people that need to hear my message, but also that align with me that I feel comfortable talking about? And so I literally created a list of like these anchors you can say about me that I want to share that like what, what like I have literally like I talk about my friends all the time I talk about um I talk about me right like I talk about different like small things that can feel big because you're consistently sharing those things but then I also thought about what is the personality what parts of my personality do I want to share you know like it doesn't always have to be 
And especially in like the influencer experience that we're having now, it's like you can feel like you have to share so much about yourself and the personal intricacies of your life. But for me, I really thought about how do I do that on a very, you know, decent level, but more, most importantly, what is the personality that I want people to take away from me? And it was that I want people, like, I want to tell jokes. Like, again, it went back to me being able to say, like, okay, the typical career strategist is probably really more uptight, maybe, like, maybe not feeling like they can share this side of them. Um, but I was like, that is me. And so I'm going to tell jokes. I'm going to add, um, like, even with Instagram, like, when you make girls, I'm going to have maybe more pop culture reels. Like I'm going to have, um, I'm going to share the nitty gritty of what it really looks like about my story when it came to being able, before I was a career strategist. And so it was really me kind of painting the picture of like, what do I want to share? And what do I want people to feel when they interact with me? I want people to feel like I get them because I do. I want people to feel seen and supported. I want people who, again, feel like they've been having this mask of like everything's perfect and really inside it's not to feel like it's a safe space for them to realize that they're not alone. Like I want people to feel like, oh, like this is, she gets me. Like I have these thoughts of like, am I doing this right? Or I'm screwing this up. Um, and so those are all the things that I really put into my online presence, I would say, and it, it varies in different places. Like maybe I'll, I'll say something, I'll share something a different way on LinkedIn than I will on Instagram. But I think that just knowing what I want people to take away from what I want them to learn about me and what I want them to feel about themselves is really what has anchored how I present anything that I share online. Good. I don't know. We're coming down to the end of our time together. Yes. Um, are there any kind of final words of wisdom you want to leave us with or any kind of key points you want to just end us with? Yes, I would say that honestly, one of the things I really believe is that where you've been doesn't have to determine how far you go. And so for anyone listening who's like, maybe even dealing with not knowing how to be positive with their thoughts or who, who, or who's wondering how do they make this shift in their career. It's like at any moment you can decide to change gears. Like your career is a windy road. Like it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so if anyone is even at the level of the highest level of their careers and they're like, oh gosh, like I've done this so long, but I do want to do something else. So maybe I should just stay here because it is the comfortable thing. Like have some courage, you know, to really say, okay, what does the next step in my career look like so that I can actually have a plan to attain it? Because it's possible. Like I have so many case studies of clients being able to blow their minds of like, wow, I have this new opportunity. I have this job. And so if anyone's in that space where they're like just needing that permission, not that you need it for me, but here's that permission to go after what you want. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was so awesome. Thank you so much. What a great conversation today. We're just so grateful that you joined us. Thank yes. you. Thank you for having me. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to hear future episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Happy at Work podcast and leave us a review with your thoughts. Are you interested in speaking on a future episode or want to collaborate with us? Let us know. You can send us an email at admin at happyatworkpodcast.com. And lastly, follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter for even more happiness. See you soon.